Hello, everyone. Frank and Darren back again. Slow early movie podcast. Very, very excited for our guest, but really quick. Darren, how are you? We see everybody in the chat. We're gonna we we we're, we're not gonna shoot your name out this time. Sorry, but hey, you are recognized. We know who you You're are. All recognized. We we we're probably stacked for time here. So um, welcome to everybody in the chat. Uh, I'm sure we'll get more people go uh, joining as we go along. Uh, mm-hmm. Quick shout out about for the Patreon members that we're moving over to YouTube. I sent everybody an email last night. So if you want to take a look at that and join us over on the YouTube membership page, that would be fantastic. Um, Frank, over to you. Yeah. So our guest today has had a, uh, a career in the film industry for over 30 years. That's three decades for some people who are smarter than the rest of us who can convert. new. There we are. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yay! There we go. There we go. We did it. We did uh, it. Sorry, I was telling everybody. I was, I was telling Darren that you can't. When, when in doubt, always use a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like the old days, as Andrew says. There, look. Uh, yeah, writing it down. Why not? Um, Frank, you're going to kick off. Sure. Um, Chris. Um, I have to ask you yeah. some things uh, because you've been doing this longer than than, than Darren and I. I wrote some of my own questions now because I'm just fascinated with the industry that you're in. And then every kid who's ever bought a, uh, a Fangora magazine. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't subscribed or checked out this issue, uh, Chris gives a very good interview uh, about The Exorcist oh. and what's gone on behind it and, and working with uh, Olivia and Lydia. Um, what, and, and, and we've been following and the reason why I asked this is because our, our channel is called the slaughter land based upon the American werewolf in London, you know, Darren being, you know, from mm-hmm. Kenya and me being from Mexico. Uh, <laughs> this is how, this is the movie that we collaborated <laughs> on uh, to bring our two countries together, our cultures together. But, I, I look at the old way of doing special effects, and I wanted to ask you, what innovative applications have made your work easier? Uh, was it like the bladder bag, the, you know, the blood bladder bags, or is it paint that makes everything a lot better now? Because I think working with the stuff of old would have made your job a whole lot harder. Hmm. Oddly enough, I still, I, I, working with David, um, and a lot of other directors, including even Quentin Tarantino. Now, if we still use a lot of old school methods, um, when when a director really wants it to be practical, there's really no way of of beating some of those old ways that were uh, developed and 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 those techniques. Um, so it, it's funny that you ask that. Um, what what's changed? technologically is is how we get to that final point meaning now with life casts a lot of times we don't have to slather somebody in alginate or silicone and stuff and do casts of their heads we can 3d scan them and and have them printed we can we can uh 3d print a lot of props we can 3d print a lot of you know, pieces that we use for the makeups and things like that, things with moving parts even. So, you know, um, that kind of technology is really 
blossomed and, and really pushed us forward, making things a little quicker, making things a little cheaper, because in this business, it's always about quick and cheap now. <laughs> no, gone are the days that you could spend a year building a show, you know, like they did with, you know, American Werewolf in London, where they, you know, had Rick Baker had tons of time to really develop and 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 build all these 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 gags and these things so those days are gone we don't really have the time or the money anymore so we have to find quicker easier ways of doing it and so and 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 using a lot of computers to design things uh, computers to like i said scan things and print things and uh but there's there's really no way around using some old school methods for some of these gags you know um especially like i said kill bill when i did kill bill that was quentin was very adamant he didn't want any digital he wants it all practical and there's only one way to do that practically you know the old way the old school way i mean there there are materials and and supplies and things that that we can utilize to make things better for sure uh uh you know, with compressed air and things like that. But um, so it's a mix of both. It's modern, a lot of modern technology to get to doing it the old school way. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I always, because uh, we watch uh, behind the uh, Beware of the Moon, which is the, you know, the special edition behind the scenes for American Werewolf. And there was that funny line that Rick Baker said when he was making the actual David Naughton uh, werewolf. He wouldn't let anyone touch it because he says, I only have two of these bastards. <laughs> and he's like, I do you feel that way, too? Like, just I know you did the uh, the fingers for Michael Myers. Is, is that was was that like a yeah. safety concern, too? Or is that just like I know how to do this and I don't trust anybody else to do it? That was actually gag was the, the shotgun finger gag was because of time. We were we were shooting two units at, at that time and jim was J james drew courtney was needed on this other unit for most of the day you know he was they were busy getting shots getting shots and then we we a lot of times these things are so stacked schedule wise so it's like in order to take him away from the schedule put him in the makeup chair for an hour and a half to apply that gag and that makeup and then send him back well that's an hour and a half that they're not shooting you know, so it was it, it, it was just a question of, well, how are we going to do this? How much are we going to see of them during this shot? And and Kim held my hand up and I went, well, my hands are the same size as Jim's. And they went, well, OK, you do it. <laughs> so while one of my keys was handling Jim on the set, I ran back to the trailer, applied the makeup to myself. That way they could continue shooting. And while I'm getting ready to gag you know and then once i was ready i came back okay they're done with this they move over here uh you know put the mask on put the put the coveralls on you know stick my hands through the window and have my key over here get ready to do the gag boom get the gag i think we did it twice maybe and then it was like okay got it moving on and then i go take it off while they're shooting here you know it's it's always a it's it's a it's a juggling act and ladies and gentlemen, you'll find out all that stuff that Chris is talking about in this book by That's Abby right. Bernstein. That's right. Beautifully bound. Beautifully bound. Beautifully bound. You should check it out, guys. I mean, it's monster size as well. <laughs> and even I read in there, Chris, that if you read between the lines when they're interviewing you, um, 
you actually can figure out how to rehaul your own mask, ladies and gentlemen, without asking Chris. <laughs> right. That's right. You know, like a few That's cotton right. balls will go a long way. <laughs> well, it's funny going to the rehaul subject. God, you know, people ask me all the time and it's become a joke almost, you know, hashtag free haul. Um, we, 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 uh, I, I just I, the reason why I don't do them is because uh, a time b I feel like you know I feel like it would devalue them you know what I mean mm-hmm. almost in a way and I know that doesn't make much sense when I say it but but I I just feel like I, the, if I kept doing them if I kept kept rehauling mass and selling them to people I feel like it's a a money grab and and also which I, I don't want to do that to people and, and, and do it yourself. You know, yeah, that's yeah. part of the fun and there's plenty to do it. Well, you know, I'm looking at a rehaul right now. I just did a rehaul just, just to see if I could do it. I found this, <laughs> I, I, found, I found this mask in, in my it balled up in a corner in my storage <laughs> that someone gave me. And I was like, wow, that doesn't look that great. I'm going to rehaul it. So I rehauled it. What do you think? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow. of course. Look at that. Well, anyway, given the, the, the various stages of creating the mask, perhaps you could just talk us through. Um, this is, a yeah. page, Chris has allowed us to show you this page from the book um, with regards to actually creating the match. Would you mind talking us through the, these stages here? Yeah, this is all this works is, is done at Vincent Van Dyke very closely with. I go in and art direct it and 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 design everything, and then they're 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 my friends and my and my my artistic companions that help me build all this stuff because I can't do it myself, and they have amazing technicians there. What you're looking at here is a master sculpt. Uh, well, you're looking at a life cast of James Duke Courtney there in the middle, and. Uh, um, we used uh, sculpted the mask on his head uh and uh then it is molded you can see that's a that's a that's a fiberglass master mold which which once the sculpture is done we do a master mold uh, uh in silicone so it lasts forever and and we always have it there and be then we pour a a, a a a clay out of it and do a plaster mold so we can cast in latex the old school way so you're looking at a couple different variations of of our molds just so we can preserve the sculpture um in case they do another movie or we need to come back to it or we need to cast more or in case the plaster mold gets damaged or um you know degenerates a little bit and we can cast a new one out and it's crisp and clean and 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 the way the sculpture is supposed to be and then down at the bottom corner, I think you're looking at uh, a couple of the masks as I'm painting them of paint. Uh, I start off with a, a really dark, kind of dirty black-brown wash that goes in all the cracks of, of the mask. Mm. And then, I, then I, uh, I start with that, and then I dry brush kind of the eggshell color over top of that. And then all the cracks really stand out, and then we start getting that ghostly uh, uh, um, paint scheme. That's me uh, painting, airbrushing. That's after the dry brush of the eggshell color that I do, and then I start airbrushing, and the rest is mostly airbrushed. 
So, so is it diff- <laughs> TV series? <laughs> is is it difficult? I mean, is James Jude's face a consideration when he was being cast? Because obviously, you've got to um, with following on from the OG film, you have to make the mask look like it did in the original film. But if his face is kind of uh, a Dick Warlock esque face, which kind of spread the mask out a little bit more, Don Shanks' broken nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Um, is it a real consideration to when 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 casting? No, not really. The only the only consideration is the size of the head. You know, James's the, the size of James's head. I mean, not to jump forward, but if you look at Halloween Ends, uh, Rowan's head was considerably bigger to three D scan the mask uh, before it was haired, and then. Uh, size it up about 10%, 10, 15% in the computer, and then uh, uh, print that out and mold it and had a separate sized up mask for Rowan. Because as you said, if I were to put the the James's mask onto Rowan, it, it wouldn't look right. It wouldn't sit right. It, it, mm-hmm. it would, it would distort and, and, and would be laughable. So and we were very conscious about that. And Dave, he was very adamant about the fact that he wanted the mask to look the same on Rowan that it does on Jim. So the only way to do that is we had to we had to size it up and make a bigger one. And and how about Sartain? Or did you not give a shit about that one? Did you? <laughs> we, we, we didn't. That that you know that that wasn't that. If, if I remember right, and my memory is terrible, so I apologize. Uh, the that really wasn't in the script and, and that was added later. So it was too late. We couldn't, couldn't make a, a size up. And also the budget at that time on, on the first Halloween 2018 was very low. It was a very low budget movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we didn't have enough money to make multiple masks in different sizes, you know? So um, him putting that on in the, in the movie was, <laughs> was like, uh, uh, Oh geez, that looks, I guess that's what would happen. You know, that's yeah. it would look like. So, and, uh, just, just very quickly before Frank moves on, but when you were doing that, those particular scenes, cause obviously, you know, for a lot of Halloween fans, the whole Sartain, uh, dip in the middle was, was a, a real problem for a lot of people. Um, I, I don't know why, but go ahead. <laughs> do you, do you, if you're ever seeing something like that, being a fan of the Halloween franchise, if you're ever seeing something like that, do you ever do you ever offer an opinion like, why are we doing this? This sure. is probably not going to sit well. But you don't have to answer this if you feel uncomfortable. But um, for right. me, it kind of no, almost. No, I... Sorry, go on. I get a, such a a big. Uh... I didn't, I didn't, I don't understand what that really is about, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know what everybody's problem was. I guess, was it the, the sacrilege that someone else puts the mask on? Is that, is that what we're talking about? Because I, 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 I thought it lent itself to the story and in the context of the story we were telling, I, I thought it was fine. The guy has it on for a split second. It's barely, you know, on there, but people seem to have a problem with it. I wear it. I, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> right when you put it on <laughs> yeah get to me yeah like it's, it's uh, michael myers uh, mask would take it I, <laughs> at the time we were a lot more to that scene and there was a lot more to that character and because of 
editing and and stuff getting cut out i think maybe we lost the context of what that whole part of the story was supposed to be about and you have to understand that when we're shooting these movies and making these movies there is a script and you follow the script and you're doing it and 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 you you shoot everything you know the a movie is made three times you know the, the old adage you know it's written and then it's shot and then it's edited and it's made three different times and so um due due to the editing process of the of the pacing of the film that's that's what ended up happening and i think that don't get it there was more to it hmm. um that maybe would have softened that blow i guess um yeah i think I think for me, it was more, not so much that he put the mask on. I think it, for, for myself, it was more that, oh, we've got like a kind of senior protagonist here, a bit of a Loomis. And um, it just felt like he was a little wasted. Do you know what I mean? He could have been throughout the, the, the trilogy. Um, uh, but, you know, it quickly gets back on track after that sequence. Um, so it's sort of forgotten about, as you, for me, anyways. As, as Jobs in the meek rider with Michael at the end. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> then Chris is like, now I got two bodies to explode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess he was, he was crazy as well. You know, mm-hmm. his name was, was crazy as well. And, and obsessed with Michael Myers in a Loomis way, but on the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, yeah, so I think yeah. maybe some of that got lost uh, in, in the editing, I think, but uh, uh, which is too bad. I, I, I always say, you know, there, there's, when when we're doing these movies, especially the Halloween movies, you know, there's so many drafts of the script and they change so much and they're rewritten and they're rewritten as we're shooting it, you know, uh, and there's always a draft or two in the middle there that I think is perfect that if we just stopped writing and stuck to it, uh, this would be the, the thing that, that, that fans want. And uh, going back to what you were saying before, I approach it as a fan. So there's always... There's always this one draft in the middle there that I go, that's it. You got it. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. Don't, 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 don't rewrite. Don't rewrite. But you know, then rewrites happen based on numerous reasons, you know, budgets and times and schedules and actors availabilities and things like that. There's a lot that goes into these things that the people don't really um, know about. So unfortunately it can change and maybe sometimes for the better and sometimes not so much. So, would David and Danny ask your opinion on anything like that, or would you, would you feel comfortable saying, yeah. "Guys, I think you know"? Absolutely, they were very gracious enough to. to David asked my opinion a lot, uh, and and uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that he, <laughs> you know, uses my opinion or anything. Sometimes, sometimes not. But you know, David's the director; he's the captain of the ship, so he does what he wants to do and and what he thinks is right. But uh, uh, absolutely, they asked my opinion um, because they know that I'm a fan. We're all fans, and mm-hmm. that's that's the vibe on that set. There uh, was the vibe on those sets was was that we're we're all there to try to do a really good job. And, and yeah, sometimes you fall short, and sometimes it doesn't work. And again, there are myriad reasons why. But but you know, we're all there trying to make everybody. You can't make everybody happy. You know, and 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 you just try to do your best. And, and, uh, I, 
I have no problem stating my opinion almost to a fault um, mm. on, on set. <laughs> you know, Mike Myers wouldn't do that or he wouldn't walk that way or he wouldn't sling his knife that way or he wouldn't do this or he would, you know. Uh, it, 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 I, I've said numerous things and, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work, you know, but I think for the most part, we got Michael Myers right in these movies and, 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 you know, we, you know, people have an opinion and, and, and that's fine in my heart. I think we did a good job and I, I think we respected Michael. Myers as a whole and I think that he brought Michael Myers back I mean my, there was no Halloween there was no Michael Myers and and we and, and we brought it back and I think we did it in a pretty good way at least regardless of what you think of the storyline or things like that you got a really good Michael Myers in this, in this trilogy yeah, oh, yeah, yeah yeah look at James Lyne about <laughs> the cards yeah yeah, <laughs> huge. And when 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 you know we see these these kind of things on poles and stuff in 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 you know in the horror circles and everything, James Jude's right up there, ne- either next to Nick or right next up. to Nick or whatever. You know what I mean? He's he's right at the top. So yeah, like you say, yeah. James was serious about this. He was, he was yeah. not fucking around. You know, and uh, he 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 put everything he had in, into that role and uh, really made it great and really took it to another level. I I, I honestly believe that. And uh, yeah. he's and he's a great guy. And we had a great time shooting it. Jim Jim and I are still friends and we get along and we both have a, a passion for music and movies and and Michael Myers and we really wanted it to be right. And so Jim and I worked together a lot really hard to, to to make sure that that came off you know it it was funny that you were mentioning you know your opinion because i was going to segue into reading the book uh that if one of the producers or you know uh david wanted something you always have to say we're out of money and then he would have to go to ryan and say we need more and he'd be like good okay you got it don't worry just do it but then you also when it came to Karen's death, mm-hmm. your opinion was she's a loved character, a beloved character. Her death is shocking enough. Why would you want to make it so gory? And which I think mm-hmm. was the right way to go because then you got this psycho esque type shock. Mm-hmm. Because seeing this person right. dead already is shock enough. We don't need her stepping on a landmine and exploding. <laughs> right. So, right. so I like how you took that as a fan. You know, if Lori were to die in the movie, just her death is bad enough. Not having right. her, you know, on a, on a head on a stick and paraded finally, <laughs> right? Because it takes away <laughs> from it. Yeah, yeah. You, you. Again, this goes back to you can't make everybody happy. I mean, there were people that wanted more from that death, you know, which I I disagree with, and 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 some of the other deaths, you know, but. I just felt like, I mean, that, that whole thing came from, you know, you know, you read the script, you have a list of all these kills and, and you're, you're trying to, some of them are, are vague or a lot of them are very vague and some of them are very specific. And so you have and both go, okay, time, budget, what can we get away with? Where do we put the money? Where, what kills do we put the money into and what kills do we not put the money into? Um, because you can't, when you're on a limited budget, especially, you know, some of these movies, you, 
yeah, there's there's what you'd like to do and there's what you can do. You know, <laughs> look, I'd like to make everything so over the top and crazy, and, you know, <laughs> but but sometimes you have as a filmmaker, you have to work within the context of the story you're telling. And it, like you said, is it enough? It's enough that that this character is dying, you know, and being murdered by Michael Myers. It's enough. And then that came down to going, you know, I remember David going you know, we're killing her. What can we do that's different? What can we do that's cool? What can we do that's better? As far as someone being slashed and stabbed, you know, what can we do that hasn't been done before? Uh, or, or, or to up this. And, and, you know, I thought about it for a couple of days and I kept thinking about it and it, and I would lay in bed at night going, okay, what can we do? Can we do some really amazing bladder stuff and this and that? And, have her wounds open. I'm really trying to do technical makeup effectsy type stuff, and then it just kind of hit me. It just I I just went nothing. Let's not do anything. Let's do it all in camera. Let's do it like Psycho because that was yeah. so effective, and mm-hmm. nobody it hasn't been done in a while. You know, uh, a ballet of of shots that 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 make it shocking and effective and and we don't do any makeup effects we just shoot it like psycho try to do it like psycho yeah because halloween is a a an homage to psycho i mean that's what it is you know that's how it was born you know so why not go back to that and as a fan again as a fan that's something that i would get off on and and that i would like to see i think that would be neat we we've, we've done a bunch of kills on screen you know you, you got your blood count, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, let's, let's do, you know, let's try to do something, dare I say, poetic, like you could be in a Halloween movie, but you know what I'm saying? Cause, cause Karen's death is very agonizing. It's slow. Mm-hmm. It's slow moving. Yeah. It's not quick mm-hmm. like this, you know, a, a simple neck snap and it's over with it. You almost mm-hmm. feel for her. Like you want to save her. Mm-hmm. And, and Judy yeah. and Karen's character for me, you know, the first one, you know, she becomes a little bit of annoying and that's probably because she's supposed to be written that way. She doesn't believe in the boogeyman and her mom and her, and her mother's crazy, but then she redeems herself. She was the greatest character in that movie. And to see her gone mm-hmm. like that was, was shocking. Yeah. 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 I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. That, um, that was the idea. You know, you, you try to, work within the context of the story that you're telling we're trying to tell a story here this isn't all about you know i mean if you just want gore and gags and things like that then you know watch terrifier or something like that i I don't know i'm not that familiar with those movies but from what i hear that's you know they're about that and yeah and they're movies that are about there's plenty of movies out there that you can get that fix i mean but we're trying to we're still trying to tell a story and it doesn't necessarily look, I love doing my job and I love doing makeup effects and, and I wish I, you know, I need to go back in time and add up how many people I've killed in my career <laughs> and cut it all together. It's something that uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be that way all the time. I'm fine with backing off and, mm-hmm. and, letting the story unfold the way it's supposed to unfold, you know, cause I love cinema more than I love gore, you know, and I love mm-hmm. story more than I love my yeah. job. I think sense. one of the, um, one of your practical kills, um, was, is, is now one of my favorite in the franchise. Um, 
just because of the way it's played out. And I, I would imagine it was a relatively cheap kill as well to do. Um, and it's the guy in the back of the, I can't remember the guy's name. He was at H45. His name slips me now in the back of the car, dressed as the doctor and getting stabbed in the eye. And there's something about that, which really turns my stomach, not because of what's <laughs> happening. It's more the sort of after effect of it as it's the knife's pulled out and he, the mm-hmm. behavior and, you know, where he's, he's trying to, his brain's still trying to operate after he's been stabbed mm-hmm. in the face. And it's, it, there's something around, about it that's really unsettling. I laughed at it. Oh, that, well, it, it, it is kind of, you know, but, but it was, it was just, just Frank, Frank, that was just a defense mechanism. You're like, you're <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I like Bill Hader when he sees Pettywise. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it, it was, well, it's funny pretty, that you say that. Glad, I'm glad you picked up on that, Darren. Is that that you know, when 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 I read that gag, it was just eating the face. Mm. That, that's all it said. And I'm sitting there going, "Well, okay, well, where does he get stabbed in the face? Is it the jaws? Is it the chin? Is it the forehead? What what is it? You know?" And and you're like, "You can't stab somebody in the head, really. I mean, the skull's very hard and stuff." So I was sitting there trying to think of a, a of an interesting way of doing it, and and I thought. Wouldn't it be really disturbing that the knife goes up under the eyeball into the eye cavity and then into the brain? Like, and then, and then I told David, I was like, and then he should, and it was written like this, but, but because of time, again, we, we didn't get a chance to do it. The idea was that he was going to get stabbed in the eye. It was going to go up into the brain. It was going to stay in there. He was like, it almost lobotomized him in a way. And that he gets out of the car, and I wanted him just like kind of stumbling around outside the car with this knife, <laughs> not knowing who he was anymore, where he was going. And I thought that was so disturbing. Like I thought that would be so weird and so something that we haven't seen. You know, he doesn't die. He just he's lobotomized, and he's walking around like a zombie with this knife sticking out of his face. Um, but because of time, we we couldn't shoot all that stuff. That's a lot of additional shots and stuff so that's why when it goes in and he's sitting there and he's kind of moving around that was the idea is that he's not really necessarily dead yet and so it's i thought that noise. was really weird the the noise too as the knife goes in that kind of <laughs> yeah. pop noise that happens yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, there's always a lot more to these gangs that, that 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 you know that that goes beyond just the the gore i always it's always what happens after is what always interests me what okay you got the gag and then what that's always the interesting part to me how do people react how does that person react how does someone die you know uh, all that stuff is is always that's the most disturbing stuff to me and so i always try to add a little a little something to each one of these gags that 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 makes you just kind of go ah oh, geez you know it's easy to squirt blood out of something it's a different story to get I just imagine Michael Smallwood walking around with a knife and trying to ask for help. And then people are putting candy in his bag. You know, it's just, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's, I just think about that. So talk, talk us through this chap here. How do you come up with this? The death streak, chic, shriek, the death, death streak. streak. The death shriek. The, the, this was, uh, look at that beautiful dummy made by Vincent Van Dyke effects is so beautiful look at the uh, teeth uh, fillings I, I, yeah <laughs> right yeah it, down to detail well again this was uh, uh something that was relatively vague written in the script and and uh uh 
uh, it's just neck broken um, disproportionately and his head back further than it. It, it read something like that. And, and so we were like, well, we can't do that with the real person. So let's life cast them. You know, it's got to go beyond the makeup. We have to make a dummy head of it. And so um, that's how this came about. Uh, you barely see it in the movie, I think. Yeah, it's a shame. You don't see it. Mm. So dark, but uh, uh, and I, and I and the death shriek. That was a that was a term that I that I started using, and Vince Van Dyke would always laugh at me when I when we were sculpting this. I kept going. I, I want him to have a death shriek, like 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 he's still, you know, it's the look on. You know, it's it's this ethereal kind of shriek. We still didn't quite get it. I'm looking at it, going, we didn't we didn't quite get it, but but. Uh, but we got close, uh, and Vince would always laugh at me. He'd always be like, oh, "What are you talking about, Death Shriek? What does that mean?" I'm like, "It's it's as if you've seen death. You know, you you you've seen it, and and your face is frozen, having seen death. You know, so that was that was the idea behind that. Um, mm. Whether we accomplished it or not, I don't know. But uh, I, I'm really proud of that. I mean, I think it looks really cool. It's another it's another Chrisism for me. Because uh, in the book, you say we can't have an actor break his own neck. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid! I did it. Don't 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 pay attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have an actor break his own neck. <laughs> can't have an actor break his own neck. Way to go, Chris. <laughs> is it? Is, uh, it must be annoying when you when you put so much effort into certain gags, and then when they when you see the final film, there's sometimes very little of them in there, be it because it's an artistic choice or the censors have got their, the, the ratings board have got their hands on it. Is there any one particular gag from your career that, that, that you put your heart and soul into that has got either very little uh, time on screen or none at all? Um, yes, that, that it happens a lot. Um, and it's unfortunate, but after a while, after so many years of doing it, you realize that the joy has to come from just making it, period. You know, you, you, you try to challenge yourself and outdo yourself and whether it ends up in the movie or not is is irrelevant. I mean, obviously you want it to be in there, but you, the challenge comes from can we pull it off? Can we make it? And how great can it look? And then as long as you accomplish that, regardless of whether it's in the movie or not, you've, you've accomplished it and did it. I think what comes to mind most recently is Lamashtu from Exorcist Believer. I think that that one look into that. And it, and it, uh, I think it's a beautiful makeup and a beautiful, um, character. Uh, there it is. And, uh, Unfortunately, it's, uh, it's in the mm. movie. Uh, unfortunately, it's not in it very long and, and very much. And and, and um, there are reasons for that. Um, you know, we shot quite a bit of it. We shot it against green screen so we could plug it in anywhere we wanted to shoot. And then we shot it practically on the set as well. And uh, um, I'm, I'm really proud of that. Uh, again, me and Vince Van Dyke worked very hard on that. And uh, I think it's really cool, and um, uh, that didn't end up in the movie as much. Unfortunately, the context of the story we were telling for Believer, we needed to be based in some sort of reality, dare I say, and 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 
and we I think David felt that if we saw too much of it or we added too much of this, it would take it to a more fantastical level than we wanted it to be. Hmm. Um, I think if you, if you, it could have, it, it could have gone either way. If we'd added more of it, it could have ruined the mood. It could have ruined the feeling and ruined that moment, you know, uh, yeah. because you're going, wait a minute, what, what's that? What, why is there a creature in here? Is it a creature movie now? You know what? Are we in Hellboy? Yeah, exactly. You know, it, that's exactly right. You know, you yeah. could it could go either way. So it, it has to be. You know, there's got to be a balance, and uh, I would have liked the balance to have been more. <laughs> you know, I think the idea was that we were going to take this theme and then do flashes of it throughout the 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 movie from the beginning. You know, where you were going to just see quick flashes of it like behind a tree or over the shoulder or you know much like um the pazuzu yeah captain howdy original um yeah uh that was kind of gonna be the idea and i i I don't know if they tried it and it didn't work or um i don't know cut but uh i'm this goes into the into the realm of you know i'm proud of it we did it we could show it on social media, you know, people can see it and enjoy it for what it is. And I think it's a beautiful piece of art um, that unfortunately just didn't, didn't make it in there as much as we would like. We have a members, we, we've had a few we, uh, members questions that we, uh, we, you know, mm-hmm. put forward questions. And Reese Wilson, uh, one of our Australian members, uh, actually says, uh, I recently uh-huh. saw, saw the image of Lamashtu, uh, you shared on Insta, which looked amazing. It's criminal we didn't get a better look at it in the film. Uh, did that go through a lot of variations before setting on the final design? And if so, will you share any of the earlier variants in the future? Yeah, I'll probably share some concept sculptures that we did and some con- some digital sculpt, uh, art that we did of various versions of this. I started out, you know, Lamash too in theology and, and, and a lot of illustrations is has kind of like there's the version with the jackal head and then the, the furred hooves and the and the you know the serpent the old lady body but the serpent hand like there's so many different variations of Lamash too throughout history that we could have gone almost any way we wanted to. Um, that's that's the way I was going developing this character i did want the jackal head and the hoof thing and and and, uh and again i and david wanted it to be more human-esque and and more disturbing as far as like a really gross old lady and and with three eyes and you know yes it's got horns yes it's got wings but we we he wanted to stray away from the animalistic aspects of the design um to, to base again to try to ground it in some sort of reality uh, or plausibility, and so um, we quickly uh, got away from that and started just focusing more on uh, it. And then something I added to it that I wanted to add to it um, that was I thought a really cool idea, and you see it in some um, books in theology, is that. I, I, we had this design, but I had a, a snake um, breastfeeding off one breast, and I had a dead baby pig breastfeeding off the other 
breath wow. and it would just hang. I'm turned on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I thought that would have been really disturbing and really kind of taken it more into, again, like a theological um, uh, uh, direction. But um, I, I think David felt that might be going a little too disturbing. Um, but I, I would have liked to have done that. That's the only thing I would have changed about this is I would have added those two elements. I think it would have been super disturbing and weird looking. Um, but uh, but yeah, we had, we had a few versions of this. And eventually I'll share it probably on on Instagram. I'll, I'll share some different ideas. What what is it about the 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 female? The, no, I shouldn't say female. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the 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 human form as it ages, it's scary enough. It's 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 almost like are we are are we afraid of our own decay? Because we are going to get there at some point. Absolutely. It's your, it's, it's your mortality. You know your 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 cruel way of of smacking you smacking your mortality in, in your face you know it's it's uh, uh it, i i find aging the cruelest thing in the world and i say it all the time i you know sometimes when i see an, an actor an actress or, or a, a, a public figure or something after a long time not having seen them and they age i'm always like oh my god age is so cruel <laughs> and i and i think about it in my own my own life if you know i look at it i you know what I used to look like when I was younger and what I look like now. And it's, yeah, I think you're just, you're, you're, you're forced to face your own mortality, you know, and, and, and that's what we're doing. We're dying. We're withering away and that's the way to stop it. And it's, um, it's, it's a, it's, it's a hard thing for people to face, I think. And that's why I think it can be horrific. Um, it's used a lot. I know they used it in, in it and they use it, you know, in barbarian and they use it, you know, it's an effective way of, of, of smacking you in the face, you know, uh, really that quick. Uh, uh, I have to ask how edible was Margot's head? <laughs> <laughs> the insides were very edible. <laughs> Margot's head. Margot's head, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, she was in the gate, underneath the gate, and ends when her head gets smashed. And I was, yeah. I was reading. It was, it was basically the contents of someone's breakfast. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we use. Uh, I've switched to tofu now for brains. It used to be <laughs> used to be eggs or cottage cheese or something. Now rice krispies tofu works, works great for brains. Tofu. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just imagine you just you know just eating a banana and just like i can't throw it away i'm going to use it later <laughs> yeah yeah hell yeah cut that thing up stick it in that head man <laughs> <laughs> so, so what are you using here and did it smell as bad as roads from the D uh, day of the dead Ooh. <laughs> oh, using using real Animal guts; those days are over. You can't do that. It's a safety issue anymore. So th th that's all silicone. That's those are yeah. silicone fabricated uh, guts and 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 intestines and stuff. That what that was for Jamie Lee Curtis's operation sequence um, in Halloween Kills. Kill. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Kill. Yeah. Is that is that the right one? Because <laughs> I forget. They all bleed into another. Um, and we had her laying on a on a board, 
or on a table, but the middle was there was a there's a divot in the middle. There's like a, a thing. So her her body was kind of went like this, and then I had a fake stomach and torso, a big pocket in it that those guts were in it. And and again, you don't see it really in the film as much as we shot it. We shot a lot of it. We had a real doctor um, doing the operation, and he was kind of you could see it he was going in there and rearranging the intestines and putting them back in and then he <laughs> staples it those that all up and we were we could do it over and over and over and over again uh and uh it was it was uh it was really effective and and really realistic and the doctor himself was like this is pretty much exactly the way it is and so hmm. you know we have a lot of doctor consultants and police consultants and and you know things like that david loves to have consultants on the set to make sure that it's as real you know and and that's one of those cases that we we shot that a lot more than you see it in the movie you barely see it in the movie (laughs) linda blair as well she was a consultant right (laughs) (laughs) i don't know linda blair did you say yeah (laughs) that was david david there was uh reports i don't remember Consultant, I don't know. Maybe that yeah. She, there, there were reports that she'd been seen on set, and then he came out later and said, uh, "Oh yeah, Linda Blair was a consultant on set with the kids." You know. Okay. Maybe, <laughs> maybe consultant with the kids uh, behind closed doors. I don't know, but I was never around for that. See that. <laughs> the um, the I got to ask you really quick for our um, for our music loving fans out there. Uh, mm-hmm. What is now your favorite Taylor Swift song? <laughs> oh, you were, and have you seen the Eris? Uh, uh, are you a Swifty? Are you a Swifty <laughs> now? I had no choice but to be a Swifty during Exorcist. The, both the girls were their favorite artist was Taylor Swift, and 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 God bless them every single day when they came into the trailer to have their makeups done for two and a half hours. All we'd listen to was Taylor Swift. So every day, two and a half hours, I'd listen to Taylor Swift. They and I was always like, "Don't you want to listen to something?" else anything else they're like nope taylor swift so taylor swift all the time and uh i I, occasionally i would throw uh i liked you know and and they were like oh my god this is so boring this is so dumb i don't like it you know i put on like queens of the stone age or david bowie you know i mean this is so old (laughs) yeah i was old guy i was the old guy you know but uh, I could I name you a Taylor Swift song? Jeez, uh, no, no, I, I, I could, good I for you. After all Thank that you. time, no, I think I blocked it out. <laughs> Nothing against Taylor Swift. I think she's an no. amazing pop artist. The songs are, are pop heavy, man. If you're, I'm a big music fan, and I'm a big music file, and those songs are brilliantly written. Uh, but just not, you know, just not my speed. <laughs> How, how long do you give it before she's singing the opening to the to NFL football? <laughs> God, I don't know. You mean the "Are you ready for the football" song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all you see is every time you know the, the Chiefs are in, she's in the box, and we're just like, "Can we just get back to the game?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch football. It's Good for you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't watch sports. I, I know that's that's sacrilege. I'm sorry to everybody out there. I'm not a I'm not a sports guy. I used to watch boxing a lot. I was a big I was into boxing because I like the one on one of it and the independence of it. But but uh, uh, I don't I don't watch a lot of sports. I'm a movie guy. Movie and music man thing. That's that's what I'm into. 
Sports movies. Sports movies. Rocky. <laughs> the ultimate sports. <laughs> slap shot. Great film. Um, <laughs> should we move over to the member questions? Uh, sure, right? sure. Um, all right. We got to put in Colin Murdy asked you a question. He's here in the chat. Ooh, actually. Colin Murdy. I love the Colin Murdy. <laughs> oh, what a great line. He's a good line. Uh, he asked, um, he asked you if you ever uh, wanted to direct a movie in the future, and if so, what genre? I would love to direct. I, 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 I'm thinking about it. I'm trying to put together maybe a short film or something like that. I would love to direct. I've had too many people tell me I should direct. I've had, even David Gordon Green was like, Nelson, you should direct. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and, uh, I, I'd really like to do that. I'm, I'm getting long in the tooth. So if I'm going to do it, I better do it. Uh, so yeah, I think what genre would I do? I, I don't know. You know, I love comedy. I would probably maybe try to do a comedy, although everyone tells me I should do a horror movie and that, you know, that would be the logical thing to do. Um, I would, I would do comedy or horror. One of the, one of those two things. Because I think they lend themselves to each other. They're not that far apart, to be honest with you. So timing and beat one. Um, but yeah, I would love to direct, man. And I, I, I better get on it. I should just do it, right? Right? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just very quickly, Wolfman's Got Nards just popped in. He has got a question, which I'll read out now, actually. But he just said, uh, just here to say hi, but got to go. I'll watch this tomorrow. Chris, you rock. Um, oh, and his... I know, I know you've watched his channel in the past, so you probably know Barry already, but he asks a question and says, um, how did you come up with the awesome scarecrow design for Corey's mask? Oh, that's thank you for that, Barry. Um, and I do, I have seen Barry's show. It's a good show, and I like him. He's a good guy. So uh, uh, this goes, um, that came from uh, earlier, one of the earlier drafts, of the Halloween ends, um, Silver Shamrock played a, a bigger role in, in the story, uh, believe it or not. And there were going to be new three new Silver Shamrock masks. Uh, and I designed, I think, maybe 10 for David to choose from. Wow. Uh, and one of was one of them was a pullover scarecrow mask and 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 then as the story developed and changed and things got cut and things got you know um that the the cory mask stayed in the scarecrow mask stayed in there in the storyline so vacuform shell version uh is it's just a different version of a full pullover silver shamrock type mask that that i came up with uh and it went through various designs you know i had one that was a lot creepier and scarier and david thought that it would be more effective if it was a lot more whimsical uh and 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 you know happier and 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 more disturbing he felt it would be more disturbing if it was like that so um so after a few drafts and iterations it became what it became that's how some of those masks that we see were like where our parents were were wearing back when they're halloween you know, like, oh, they thought it was nice and cute, this rabbit with these big buck teeth, you know, and you're just like, yeah. that's messed up. <laughs> yeah, they're horrifying. When I was doing research for Fear Street, I did a, a trilogy of movies called Fear Street from Netflix. Yep. 
and and I was doing research um, on mass one for one particular character called Billy Billy Barker. He was the baseball bat one, and and the director had me looking at Depression era Halloween masks. If you guys have ever <laughs> looked, looked that up or 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 or, or Googled it, you should because it's some of the most horrifying masks I've ever seen, and they're always so simple. They're just simple. The simplest, simple is always the way to go, you know. But they're horrifying. It, it's it's like if you're not if you're not depressed enough, kids, that your dad's out of work and, you're, and your mother's looking right. for empty soup cans. Here, make something that grandma made out of a paper bag, and you're just like oh exactly. <laughs> yeah, these paper masks, they're horrifying, man. I'm going to write this down now because last year Frank and I we we did two episodes last year. We did one on um, on creepy Santas where we we found all these amazing pictures of creepy Santas from the 50s, 60s, 70s, yeah. even earlier, and we did one on the Easter Bunny as well. Which uh, uh, there are some horrific pictures of the Easter Bunny, uh, uh, old cosplay yeah. pictures and that. You've given us an idea now for an uh, an episode: depression era Halloween masks. <laughs> Oh, we've got to look into that, Frank. That's going to be great. Yeah, it's, it, they're they're so disturbing. It's horrifying, and the, the pictures themselves are just so disturbing. And and you know, very very Texas Chainsaw Massacre almost. <laughs> they're, they're, I love them. I love them. I, I I pull a lot of reference from that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I remember one costume. Speaking of depression, my mom made a costume for me. Mothers did that. You didn't have enough money, so they put something on. <laughs> And she sure. made me, and I told this plenty of times, into a tissue box. It was cardboard, <laughs> and she wrapped it in blue. Uh, Wait, your costume you went as a tissue box? As a tissue box, a big single Kleenex. And <laughs> I, I would I would go around. It was made out of cardboard, glued together, wrapped with a blue uh, Christmas paper, and then we would right. have uh, just regular tissue paper like long box gift <laughs> tissue paper coming up and she would paint my face white and <laughs> it, and i would go to the local you know james way and they had those contests you know for kids and everything and she made me some of the most unmovable <laughs> costumes because she was getting her creativity Amazing. on <laughs> yeah now I know what I'm going for Halloween this year. I'm going to go yeah. as a Kleenex <laughs> tissue box. <laughs> of all things, a toilet paper roll, you know, or you know. used, used. Yeah. Um, we, 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 you mentioned Fear Street just then. We have a few things that lead into that. So um, Scott Bainey's just sending a super chat five dollars. Thank you, Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved Fear Street. Well done, Mister Nelson. And hey, guys. Hey, hey, Scott. Thanks for the super chat. Talking of, of, of Fear Street, Chris Snyder, who's one of our members, uh, said, when approached to do the Fear Street trilogy, did they already have an idea on what the masks would look like, or did you help come up with the designs? They they were just vaguely described. All it said was one is a skull, one is a burlap sack, and the other were all open. Those were the only two that were written into the script. One was a skull, one was a burlap that's it that's all it said the rest of the characters was all very vague we had to come up with with stuff and so i did many versions of the skull i i ultimate what i wanted it to be was like a baby skull um with a big giant this this weird kind of misshapen big giant 
big giant skull that was really weird with the bulbous um, frontal lobe and and little tiny face. And that's why that's I wanted to go more kind of Aphex Twins. I don't know if you know what Aphex Twins is, but uh, I wanted to kind of go kind of vibe with it. Um, and uh, uh, but it slowly got. The, the director felt that maybe that was going too crazy or too weird or too too bizarre and so it got kind of whittled down to what you see in the movie the burlap mask um was uh again hard to do because it's been done before you know with you know it was done in friday 13th part two which i love love the pillowcase mask and mm -hmm. you know and town the dreaded sundown and it's been done a few times before so i thought you know what can we do that's different and i came up with the idea of it being as if the mask gets pulled over and sucked onto his face permanently as if it's suffocating this character so that's yeah, why it yeah. looks um and and so and then all the other masks again depression era stuff i looked at i looked at shame masks from back in the you know different century and, and things Work, looked at so many different masks over so many different cultures and just kind of picked and choose what I like. But ultimately what it came down to is keep it simple. Always keep it simple. You know, when you get too complicated, then it gets convoluted and it's, it's not as effective and scary. I, I mm. love simple things. That's why the Myers yeah. mask works so well. It's the simplest mm. thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like when I go into a, a a spirit Halloween and they show you all these paints that you can have and right. all the paints that you get never look like what you can do for the advertisement <laughs> of that cardboard. Right. It's like, here, buy white and you can be a wolf. I'm like, there's no white in this wolf. Why am I buying this? <laughs> Why is there white in here? I don't get it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like... It's like false advertising. You mean I could be a zombie with this scar and a few glue? You put it on, you're like, it doesn't look like anything like they're advertising me. <laughs> I think everybody should just do a kiss makeup for Halloween one year. Yeah. Just everybody in the entire universe. <laughs> or a Kleenex tissue box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or a Kleenex. Right. That sounds like the best. A kiss. <laughs> a kiss tissue box. Right. <laughs> don't, don't give Gene any, uh, right, any ideas. <laughs> right. Oh, that's right. He's going to market that. Yeah. Um, Tyler Singleton says, uh, with someone who's worked on as many projects as he has, which film did he feel uh, the most pressure working on and which film did he have the most fun working on? Oh, boy. These are hard questions. I get asked these questions a lot at cons and they're so hard to answer because they're, they're, they're all so different and they're, they're all, you know, all have different challenges and some are fun. Some aren't fun. I won't get into the ones that weren't fun. <laughs> Dirt. Uh, 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 but, Dirt. Uh, oh, with the Motley Crue thing. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I'm sorry. What most challenging Halloween was challenging, man. Cause bringing back Michael Myers, that was a challenging feat you know, after all these years and all the different iterations of the mask. And, and that was one that I felt a little bit of pressure to get right. You know, it had to be right without that mask. It doesn't work. And after all this time of fans wanting the original mask and wanting the original mask, and, you know, there was a version that we did an original mask kind of version and, and it wouldn't have worked. 
you know, it, it, it variation on it still, but um, it's it's based off the original. But that was a lot of pressure um, to to do that, and, and Exorcist was a lot of pressure because I was doing these possession makeups, following in the footsteps steps of the great Dick Smith, who was an mm-hmm. idol of mine. You know, mm-hmm. and he was he he taught me so much, and 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 it's such an iconic look and such an iconic character, and and. You know, to do Halloween and Exorcist back to back, both these iconic, <laughs> you know, properties to to try to somehow hopefully live up to to those things, both with the mask and the possession makeups. I think, um, and, and we did a great job. I, I think I'm proud of the I'm proud of what we came up with. Whether you like the movie or not, I'm proud of what we did. So I, I feel like we did it and accomplished it. Um, what was the most fun? Was that the other question? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I had a blast on Kill Bill. I mean, Kill Bill was a life-changing experience. It mm-hmm. was a year of my life because we shot. It was all supposed to be one movie, so yeah, you know, we shot it all at the same time, and 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 it was a year of my life, and it was a blast. I was working for KMB Effects Group at the time, and. And and we went to China and we went to Japan and we went to Mexico and we went to, you know, and we we shot all over. It was the first time that we were able to let loose as far as those blood gags go. You know, usually it's like, okay, not so much blood, not so much blood, not so much blood. And Quentin was like, I can't get enough blood. Give me more. As much as you got, give it to me. Shoot 50 feet. You know, and we were like, yeah. Let's yeah, let's do it. And you know, and pressurizing these tanks to 250 psi and shooting blood across sets, you know, and, and having you come out next and chopping arms off and stuff. And although it's not the most subtle thing and it's not the artistic fine art of doing the makeup, it's still very difficult stuff to do and stuff to pull off. And there were makeups in that movie that we did that were that were good. You know, we did a force perspective when she gets her head cut off. You know, it was sculpted in forced perspective. So when you shot it from the begin, from the front, it looked like it was, you know, her head was cut off. So um, that 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 was a blast. That that movie was just so much fun to do. Did it it being married to Uma Thurman for a little bit wasn't bad either. (laughs) That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I enjoyed being married to Uma Thurman for for a minute. Did it, did it piss you off when they when they uh, that whole sequence that you'd done uh, they turned it black and white? Mm. No, it not really. Um, it's still a lot of stuffs in there, and 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 you could still see the amount of work that we did. There's a color version, Japanese version, is color. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. It yeah, it go to black and white, uh, and and there's more gags in it. Actually, there's a lot more. We did so much stuff. A lot got cut out of that that sequence believe it or not as gory as it is a lot got cut out of the house of blue leaves but uh but there's versions of it that you could see that it's all in there and uh and man we had such a good time all that a lot of people don't know this but that sequence was was uh originally choreographed to uh enter sandman from metallica oh really (laughs) every day yeah it was the whole that whole sequence was choreographed to that song um, and every day we listened to Enter Sandman every single day as we shot that two and a half months to shoot that sequence. Um, and so every day was Metallica, Metallica. And on my birthday, I remember I had my birthday 
during that sequence and Quentin got me a Metallica birthday cake because I was a huge Metallica fan at the time. <laughs> so I'm listening to Metallica. I got my Metallica birthday cake and cut people's heads off. I'm in China. There's blood everywhere. <laughs> you know, it was like one of the best one of the best years of my life. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Forget your dark side of the moon and Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Forget that. Enter Sam and kill That's Bill. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> give it a shot. See if it works. I don't know if it works anymore, but uh, give it a shot. Was was it the intention to use that track, or did they just... It, it was. At, at one point, it was the intention mm-hmm. to use that track. I don't know for whatever reason that ended up... I think with, with when it, I think what Quentin said was when it came to the editing of, of that sequence, um, the, the track didn't work anymore, and so they had to score it. Uh, I think uh, I could be wrong, but I think that's yeah. what yeah. happened. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Chris Fantasi wants to know uh, the, somebody who has been in the business as long as you have, uh, how has it changed and do you like it better then or now? Oh boy. It's changed so much four years. So every 10 years, it seems to change a lot every five to 10 years, it seems to change a lot. Um, I like it. I, I, I still love my job and, and I, and I look back on, on things and, and realize how lucky I've been in my career and, and the great times I've had, I've traveled the world and I still travel, which is something I really enjoy doing. And, and, uh, but yeah, the business has changed now. Everything is, is cheaper and quicker, man. You know, Cheaper, quicker, cheaper, quicker, mm. especially with streaming services, things like that. When you're doing movies from Netflix and things like that, it's cheaper and quicker, uh, which is unfortunate because you don't art when it's cheaper and quicker, of course. So you have to, that's one thing you have to really be able to be malleable and you have to change with the times and be able to still create good things and still do cool stuff with a shorter amount of time and a shorter amount of money. That's how it changes. And you have to change with it because if you don't, you're out. So you really have to, you really have to change with the business. It is a business. It is show business. People don't understand that. So uh, they think that, you know, it's, we're all just sitting around drinking daiquiris and getting blowjobs all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like that, you know, not good good ones either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and flying in out of LAX is always great. Yeah. <laughs> um, a good friend of ours, Brett Patrick, says, uh, "Is there a bucket list movie director you'd love to work with?" Yeah, there's tons. I've always wanted to work for Clint Eastwood. Uh, I never got a chance to do that. Um, I I still would like to work for David Fincher. That's something I, I really love, David Fincher's stuff. I'd like to work for Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson, I'm a fan of. Uh, um, Scorsese. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I have some, but I've been lucky in historic directors. You know, I've worked with Tarantino, and I've worked with Paul Schrader, and I've worked with uh, William Freakin, and I worked. You know, I, there, there's some really great directors that I've worked with that that. I learned a lot from, uh, and, but uh, yeah, there's tons, man. There's tons of directors out there I'd love to work with. Well, they're still with us. Knock on wood. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Eden Walters uh, says, Eden, I'm going to knock it down to uh, one question because there's three here. Uh, I'm sorry about that, but we'll get to this one. Um, what are you, because we're going to break the extra system, might as well do it with this question. Uh, what are your thoughts about the reaction to Believer? And are you, do you have plans for the next two? Are you into, integrated in those? Um, not sure what's happening with the next two yet. I know they're doing them. I don't know when because of the strike and stuff like that. So everything's kind of up in the air. I can't really answer that. Um, but I know that they want to do them. Would I do them if the script's good and, and I'm, you know, they want me involved? Yeah, there's a chance I'll do them. I'm not, I'm not sure really yet. Um, maybe one's enough. I don't know. <laughs> um, as far as like the reaction to it, you mean the negative reaction? That's overall, I guess he's asking, yeah, overall reaction. I think people are too hard on it, to be honest with you. I think it's a solid film, and I think that people are too hard on it just to be hard on it. They just, people just need to, I, I, I could sit here and bore you with it all, you know, my thoughts on it. I, I. I could, yeah, again, I could wax intellectual about this because I think about it a lot about why people were so hard on it and try to analyze it. And in the end, I think people just, you know, you can't make them happy. They want the original movie. You're never going to get the original movie. I think, Frank, you said it earlier. You you had a, you know, a way of putting it that was interesting. Oh, with the car. Yeah. With the car thing. I think, you know, People want, you either want the original or you want something new. When you get something new, you wanted the original. When you want something new, I think people are too hard on it. I think it's a drama. I think I think the issue with Believer is this. I think for hardcore horror fans, there wasn't enough horror. And for drama fans, there was too much horror. I think it fell right mm-hmm. in the middle there. I think it's a drama, much like the original movie is, uh, that has horror elements to it. And I think it doesn't, it, it falls in between two different audiences. And I think that, that, that may be the issue with it. Um, I, did we go evil enough with it? No, I feel like we could have gone more evil with it. Um, based on the way movies audiences, I think that we could have gone a lot further. Am I happy with what we did? Absolutely. And I'm, I'm proud of that movie. So, uh, I think people need to shut up and eat your popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We, we, we both said before, and, and this isn't, you know, uh, before we came live, we said we're not blowing smoke up your ass, but Frank and I had already seen this movie a few weeks ago and both agreed that the critics' response to this and uh, a lot of the, the, the fan base as well, many of whom hadn't seen it, um, uh, mm-hmm. was 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 un, unjust you know i think the uh the 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 rotten tomato score is very low but the audience score is around about 60% and and that's where i would say mm-hmm. the critics score believe, uh, should 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 rest i think mm-hmm. um i think you know i i think it was a perfectly uh a, a great standalone picture um i'd never compare it to the original i took it on its own merits and i went in there with 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 given everything I'd read with with kind of low expectations and they were surpassed um and so I you know, I was pleasantly surprised when I came out I it kind of made me angry that people were behaving like they were towards it I mean I saw some reviews that were just like you know you question whether some people had actually seen the film um 
Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, I agree uh, with you on that. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's like putting a yeah, sat nav in a '68 Corvette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think it was a bit over the top. I think mm. just I don't know. I, I don't understand people these days. If you and you know what, if you didn't like it, that's fine. You don't have to like it. I'm not saying you have to like the movie. I'm just saying that you have to really go out of your way to be so mean about it. <laughs> well, all the reviews were coming from the Catholic Church, so that's probably why. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's a layered movie. I think on multiple, honestly, and I'm not just saying this. I've seen it five times now, um, in various forms and things like that. It's a very, it's actually a very layered movie. And if mm-hmm. you really pay attention to the movie and really pay and what the people are saying and what's going on, and not just watch it waiting for evil to happen. If you're just sitting there waiting for something evil to happen, you're going to be super disappointed. It, there's a lot of layers to the story. There's a lot, a lot of, a lot of metaphors and a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on in that movie that I think that you can easily miss on one watch. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's a tearjerker too, because you know my wife, she's not big into The Exorcist. She says it's a disturbing movie, and I can't watch it. And I said, Oh, then you'll love Believer. Let's go see it. And uh, she's right. <laughs> being parents. You know, and and seeing you're more mad not at the little girls and what's going on. You're mad about the parents, especially uh, especially Olivia's parents, right? And and you you gravitate to Lydia's pa- uh, father, and right. it's a character driven movie. Mm-hmm. And it was it, it, for us. We just had a blast with it. We thought mm-hmm. it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, there there are there, there are some. Sorry, Chris. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Um, yeah, there, there were some. Um, uh, there were a lot of nods in the Halloween films, which for Halloween fans uh, were a bit too on the nose. There are a lot of nods to the original Exorcist in this, which are a lot more subtle, which I enjoyed throughout. I won't say mm-hmm. what they are because there's a lot of people I can see in the chat that hasn't seen it. Um, but I enjoyed all those kind of little subtleties there that were yeah. it didn't seem as in your face as some of the Halloween references. Um, so yeah, yeah, I thought it was cool. I know there was one part where I went, huh. I like they did that, they put that in there, <laughs> just a little, uh, <laughs> a little quickly. Like, huh. <laughs> there was one jump scare that really got me. I mean, I don't really jump yeah. in horror films much, but there was one in this that really scared the shits out of me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm glad you guys like it. Awesome, that yeah. makes me happy that you guys good. Uh, they and call me Jordo. Like yeah, eat your popcorn, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ch- choke on it too. Uh, <laughs> uh, they call me Jordo. Said, uh, "Would you have any interest in doing further work on the Halloween series in the future? The trilogy masks were insanely good. I love to see what else you could do with the mask for the future uh, series." Uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would do more. I mean, I doubt they'll ask me. I think they'll go a different direction and 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 go something completely new across the board i i i think um but if i were asked and it it was a good project if i read it and it was a a a good take on it yeah i would do it um i don't think i'd do it if it was just the same old thing again um uh uh you know because i i did halloween and i like i said i think we did it well i would do it yeah absolutely if it was a cool take on it sure yeah 
TV series. Um, <laughs> would you? Would you? Um, just a question off the cuff here, but if you were approached about doing either um, Friday or 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 Nightmare, would you do either of those? If it was, if it was good, if it was a good take on it, sure, why not? I mean, you know, I, I've been asked that before especially now again doing two iconic ips you know um would i do another one and you know it's funny my girlfriend tells me that i shouldn't be doing these anymore <laughs> she says you know you don't need to be doing these you need to be doing original uh uh new stuff and and i i just the fanboy in me don't know i don't know if i could resist it the fanboy in me i don't i don't you know, and if it's a good take and it's a good uh, idea, I, I, I'm open to anything. And also, too, it's like, I don't know, I'm I'm at the I'm at, at the point in my career where I really want to have fun. Like, I, I want to have fun when I go to work and I really want to enjoy it. And, and, and I don't want it to be so damn serious all the time. And, and I. I if I'm, if it means that I'm going to be the 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 redo guy or whatever you want it is, is that what the kids are calling it, Canon? Um, <laughs> you know, then that's cool. That'll be fun. I mean, you want to pay me to make, you know, Jason Voorhees or or, or Freddy Krueger? I would love a crack at those. I would love a love a crack at those. Mm. I think it would be super fun. Yeah. Imagine Spielberg coming to you and say, I need you to build another Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that noise. No, <laughs> no way, man. Greg Nicotero do it recently? Yeah, he refurbished one or, or built one for the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Hanging mm. in the hanging over the escalator in there, you can go and see it. It's pretty yeah. cool. Awesome. I can't imagine doing that now. We're going back to 1970s, and we want you to build a mechanical shark again, 25 oh, feet dear. long. No way. I quit. No way. <laughs> Get yeah. your fancy apple to make it. Right. Um, <laughs> Rachel Hines says, have you ever tried that PB&J ban me sandwich? <laughs> no. No, I haven't. People ask me that, too, all the time. I've never tried one yet. I, I'm I'm willing to try one. Because someone bring me one at one of these cons, man. I'll eat it. I'll, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> Wait a minute. Don't do that. No, you don't <laughs> even want that. that apple in Halloween too. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> Never tried um, one. Uh, and then Jet Vanian says, uh, do you feel Jack Pierce receives proper recognition? I don't. Absolutely not. I think Jack Pierce deserves a lot more respect and a lot more recognition than he, than it, that he ever got. Um, I think it was sad the way his career kind of petered out and ended and, and he, he doesn't get enough credit as far as the techniques he developed and, and the iconic looks the guy has created that we still merchandise and, and know and love to this day. I mean, the Carla Frankenstein and the Wolfman. And I mean, these are all, are you know they're they're in our in our genes yeah they're they're in in our dna as far as when it comes to horror uh and uh so no i I don't think he did unfortunately and yeah that that's that's a great question to ask because dare and i would love 
but he is just as you know a, a recluse as J.D. Salinger was trying to get a hold of Rob Botin because he's just off the grid. I know, right? I'm a huge Rob Botin fan, like a huge Rob Botin. Carpenter almost killed him. <laughs> I Carpenter almost killed him. He almost killed himself on that on the thing. But uh, I, I, I mean, the thing is my favorite. Movie. Uh, it's on, on my phone case, as you can see. Look at that. Mm. Uh, and on my arm, uh, I, I love it. I love the thing. Uh, I love Rob Botin's work. And yeah, man, I, I, part of me wants to pull a Rob Botin, but I'm not as famous and, and good as Rob Botin was. <laughs> I want to pull a Rob Botin someday and just disappear, you know, just disappear. And, and, and no one knows what the hell happened. Or, but unfortunately, that's the problem is no one would give a shit. <laughs> I don't say that. Rob oh, no. Did you ever meet him? I've met him a couple times, yeah, and he's the nicest guy. He's a super nice guy and and a, and a great guy, super creative and super. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I don't I don't know what he's doing or, or where he's at. I know that he still lives in Southern California, I believe, and and um, he he's seen here and there once in a while and. He doesn't really have anything to do with the movie business anymore. And I think I think part of that reason was, and I can't speak for him, of course, but I think part of that reason was um, the way the business has gone. You don't have enough time and money to do things the way that he demanded to do them, you know, and, and, and rightly so. You know, and I think that's one of the reasons why Rick Baker retired recently as well is because the business has changed so much and, it's not as fun anymore. It can it can be not as fun as it as it used to be, you know, for those yeah. for those guys that created such iconic work. They're they're beloved. I mean, they're they're just as used as household names as some of the actors and directors. I mean, yeah. there's I mean to see Vincent Price give Rick Baker the first Academy Award for makeup and, and design. And it's just one of the reasons why people like yourself and Rob and, and Rick and, and, and Savini and, and, you know, KMB, the reason why we go to the movies and being recognized mm -hmm. and seeing somebody like Rob, you know, disappear kind of like Elvis mm -hmm. and then seeing glimpses of him. Right. You know, it's, it's kind of like sad, but I get, you know, he's like kind of like wants his privacy because if he were to come back, he'd probably be hounded again. Oh God, yeah, he'd be he'd be mobbed. Mm -hmm. I think it's also too maybe maybe he wanted to still hold on to that magical feeling that it used to be. You know, doing what we do, guys like Rob and Rick and guys at KMB and guys that you know, there's so many artists I could name that that we still believe in movie magic. And I believe in magic. I believe in movie magic. And, and it's something that I was grew up on. And, and you know, Rick Baker getting the first Academy Award, you know, that moment changed my life. That was that was a moment that validated what I because I wanted to do what I do at that time, even before that. And I wanted to do that. And I was told over and over and over again by everybody in my life that that's not a real job and it's not a real career and you can't be successful at it. And there's no accolades for it. And then Rick Baker won that Academy Award and it changed everything, you know, and and it really made me go, 
okay, this is a real job and this is a real career and then you can do well. And, and, uh, um, you know, so, so for years later, winning and a validation of, of all that and just goes to show you, you know, you don't, don't listen to, don't listen when people tell you, you can't do anything. Don't, don't ever do that, you know, cause that's a dream killer. And I think that's part of the reason why maybe some of these guys retire. Maybe they, they disappear or why they go away is cause you know, it's, it's easy to have the magic sucked out of, of, of things by the money and the corporations and the, and the you know, the time and things like that. So. I don't know. That, that was a really long, convoluted way. Of no, it's it's, it's right because it's it's like a it's like a sports player leaving with a fatal yeah. with, with with a career ending injury. It's mm. terrible. It's a terrible right. thing. And then you're you're you were the you're on everybody's shoulders. You were the winner. You got the most money. You, you, the fame came with it. And then once someone tells you, guess what? You're not playing anymore. People forget about you. Mm. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, maybe Rob, you know, there's also also much speculation with Rob. Uh, Maybe he just wanted to go out on top. Yeah. Maybe that was it. Maybe he he did it. Maybe he did everything he wanted to do. Maybe he accomplished everything he set out to do and and went, okay, I'm done. Now I'm moving on to something else. And maybe he's doing something else right now that's making him terribly happy. Yeah. He could be be just teaching people and just say, don't give me any credit. I've just loved teaching you things. Mm-hmm. Could be doing anything right now. Doing I, I, I'm, I'm sure whatever he's doing, he's very happy. So. It got dark. They didn't really, we just went dark for a little second. We talk about ending careers and people disappearing. <laughs> Let's go out, <laughs> out to something you, happy. You mentioned your Academy Award, which we haven't talked about yet. Mm-hmm. Were you, were you watching the uh, nominations and how did you, if you weren't, how did you find out? And when you found out, who was the first person you rang? Oh, that was a weird process. I, I didn't believe any of it. I couldn't believe as it just, because it's a progression of things. You know, you get, you hear talk and then you get a letter due on this movie and then you have to be vetted. It all has to be vetted. So it happens in stages. And as the stages kept progressing, I couldn't believe it. But I'm like, are you sure you got the right guy? Are you are you sure? Like, are you sure you got the right movie? Suicide Squad? Are you are you sure? Like, it, it, it was just this constant. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And then when the nomination came, I'm leaving a lot out. But uh, you know, when the nomination came that more that morning, uh, again, uh, the only thing I could think of was, are you sure you got the right guy? Like I kept wait. I thought it was a prank. I kept waiting for it to like <laughs> fall, all fall apart, you know. And and you know the the work that we were up against was amazing work, and I could never believe it, you know. Uh, for a superhero movie, I I, I just I don't. It, it's it's hard to extrapolate extrapolate what what that what that feels like, um, and then going to the academy awards was again magical because all i could think about was rick baker back and getting that first award and going this is amazing and it's this magical thing and it's movies and there's actors and there's celebrities everywhere and there's ritz and there's a you know there's the carpet and the gowns and you're just so caught up in all of it and i went in i went into that knowing i wasn't going to win 
weren't going to win. 100% new, but I was going in it going, I get to go to the Academy Awards. I'm just going to enjoy this for what it is. That's it. That's all I'm doing. I'm going to. I'm going to enjoy this. This is going to be great. And I don't care if I win or not. And that's honest to God truth, because I was convinced we weren't going to win. And then when they called out Suicide Squad and my my girlfriend elbowed me because I wasn't paying attention. And I was reading the program because I, the, 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 list, the, list, the list of awards were, were out of order. So mm. I thought our awards were later on. But they moved it up, and and I was reading the program, and she nudged me, and I went, "What?" She goes, and I couldn't believe it, and I it was all a blur from that point on. It's all a blur. I just got up, went up, and staring at a big clock, and there's Meryl Streep, and there's Denzel Washington, and there's you know, and you're just freaked out the, uh, over this whole process, and and uh, and and then there's the imposter feeling that that comes into it where. You know, did did you really deserve it? And you know, is it really validated and things like that? But over time now and over the years now, I've realized that um, I'm very proud of it, and um, and um, it was it was it's a great moment in my life. I'm I'm not going to shortchange that. You know, yeah. I'm not going to let anybody else do it either. No, no. not it's like when you. when Char comes over and you say you want to see the Academy Award, he's like, eh. <laughs> exactly it. He don't care. <laughs> It just—I was just glad that they didn't do like a La La Land, you know, where they really gave—they announced the wrong winner, right? That fiasco. Right. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> that was the award show. That was my award show. Oh, was it the same year? It was the same year. Not not for La La Land. It was for um. Uh, oh, the moon moon moonlight. No, not moonlight. Mid- moonlight. Yeah, is it moonlight? It moonlight? Midnight? It What's it called? I don't know. I'm getting it wrong. But anyway, um, it was the same year. And so, yeah, that and yet another reason for me to go, are you sure you got it right? <laughs> You're like, I know I'm right. <laughs> I'm leaving now. <laughs> um, we, we, oh, just one, one final question from uh, the members question. We got, are you all right for time, Chris? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. So Jordan Moran says, how's the band with Norman coming along? <laughs> it's not coming along very well. Norman's really busy. I got busy. We 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 got a little too busy to be jamming anymore. Unfortunately, we were we were jamming there for a while, and we were going to play Norman's birthday party. I think we were going to play a Halloween party coming up too. But unfortunately, we both got too busy to rehearse. So <laughs> unfortunately, it's on hold right now. So okay. <laughs> um. Super chat here from Good Real Hunting sends in one ninety nine says that will be a memory for life for Frank. Um, I'm not quite sure. This was probably an hour or so ago, so the context is a little bit lost. So, but thanks Brett for sending that in. Um, Kratos War sends in nine dollars ninety nine. Kratos, Kratos, is it? It's Kratos. God of War. Potato, <laughs> um, <laughs> potato. Uh, thank you, Chris, for taking the time to talk and look at my uh, art at Spookala. I really, it really meant a lot to me. Planning on buying that airbrush soon. What did you use for the crispy bits on the Kills mask? <laughs> well, I'm glad you're getting an airbrush. Get that airbrush and start painting. Uh, our rubber dirt. It's 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 called rubber dirt mixed with a glue called Prosade, and I. I smear that on the mass and let it dry, and it looks like burnt, crispy rubber. There you go. 
cool. Now you know. To the um, book. Buy the book. Was it in the book? Okay, I haven't read it yet, so I need to do that soon. Uh, Loomis screams, get out now. Uh, never got into sports either. Bunch of overpaid drama queens playing with their balls. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, That's one way of putting Good way of putting it. Uh, thanks, Loomis Screams. Uh, yeah. uh, Barry Klein just sends in one ninety nine. Thank you very much, Barry. Uh, uh, that's what I she said. Uh, why not one dollar? Why one ninety nine? Why is that? I think it's the way that the super chat. Uh, it's the scale on there. It only does allow you to select one ninety nine, or and then really? it goes and it goes to five, then it goes to ten. Yeah, it goes up in increments, but yeah, one ninety nine. I guess it's cheaper than two dollars. Probably that's why they do it. But. Or we always need that petty, and we always yeah. and we just <laughs> damn stamps are up again. <laughs> um, we just crossed one hundred and fifty people watching right now, so that's great. Thanks, Thank guys, for for joining in. Um, do you want to read this one, Frank? Sure. That's what she said, who's been a member for a month on our channel. Thanks, man. Said, uh, Mr. Nelson, how much influence uh, do past and present artists in your field have on you? Could you name some films that left an impression? I know one of them, Frankenstein. Mm. Frankenstein. Yeah, for sure. Frankenstein. Uh, uh, Jack Pierce. Uh, uh, um, artists in my field. Yeah. I mean, we kind of covered that. I mean, Jack Pierce, obviously. Lon Chaney. Senior is a huge one for me. He's probably the main reason why I, I do what I do and got into movies. Uh, Lon Chaney Senior. If you're not familiar with Lon Chaney Senior's work, uh, you might want to check it out because it's pretty amazing. He was a an actor who did his own makeup and and was a makeup artist as well. And he Hunchback of Notre Dame and Phantom of the Opera and uh, yep. you know, all those original. He was a huge influence. Rob Bottin, huge influence. Rick Baker, huge influence. Tom Savini. You know, all the, all the, all the, all those guys, you know, were great. And there are guys that go unsung um, that aren't as, as quote unquote famous as all those people that do what I do that are amazing. Guys like Norman Cabrera and Steve Wang and, and uh, so, so many, uh, Chet Zar and so many amazing artists that, that do what I do uh, that are, amazing i'm always influenced by them and try to be influenced by new people that are coming up that are really good that you know that because again you got to change and adapt and, and learn always be learning always be learning so uh left an impression the thing obviously american werewolf in london all the original lon cheney movies like i said earlier um jaws was a big one oddly enough um uh, um fiend without a face and and night of the living dead and uh you know all the usuals the exorcist mm -hmm. you know all that stuff, huge impressions on me and, and still to this day i always go back and read those movies constantly cool. but don't touch the original Howie. design for frankenstein leave that alone <laughs> no leave it alone <laughs> just, just, i think just... guillermo del toro is doing really okay yeah or I was doing Frank been trying to, but I think he's doing it. Um, so I'm super curious to see. Um, usually he works a lot with Mike Hill, who's a makeup effects guy, and he's amazing. And so um, I bet you it's going to look fantastic. So I'm excited to see that. I'm jealous, but I, I'm excited to see it. <laughs> well, he already made a you know Creature for the Black Lagoon, Academy Award winning. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
Um, just a, just a, just thought of a question just then, which which was, and this is not me in any way doubting your talents whatsoever, but with the um, with the with the transition, Here different we, transitions over the go. years. Do you have you ever found yourself in a situation where you've thought, I'm just going to ring Savini or Rick Baker or any of those guys or Dick Smith when he was alive, just to ask him how he did this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the time. Um, uh, I always, sometimes you get a hold of them, sometimes you don't. But uh, yeah, we all learn from each other. I think it's a, it's a very, uh, it's a community, you know, and we're all there for each other all the time. And, and I have no problem calling somebody, I, you know, I'm humble enough to, and know that, that, you know, I'm not the best at my field. There's always someone better and there's always someone different and cooler. And so, we all talk to each other as much as we can and, and uh, learn from each other. And uh, um, absolutely. I have no problem. Calling. I, I call all Kane being good advice. I call Howard Berger. I call anybody I can. If I need advice, I'm, 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 I'm not too humble to reach out, you know, and vice versa with other people too. I'm happy to give advice and happy to lead people in directions. It's, it's how you learn and grow and mm-hmm. become better. Mm. Yep. Excellent. Uh, Jordan Decker, thanks, man, says uh, a lot of people crap on H uh, Eds because of the limited amount of Michael. He says, I enjoy the film uh, more every time I watch it. Michael looked amazing. I like it. I, I get, yeah. Sometimes you get Michaeled out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. You know, there's more Michael in Halloween Ends than there was in the original Halloween. Uh, <laughs> time-wise to be honest with you so you know i don't know where that comes from uh not enough michael too much michael you can't make everybody happy uh you know and again i think halloween ends is a really layered movie i think david's really good at putting layers in movie that that aren't that don't hit you over the head some stuff does but there's a lot that doesn't and again on on repeated viewing i think halloween ends will grow on you and i think that in time It'll it'll be considered a decent a decent movie. I I consider it a really layered, uh, cool movie. And and people are always going to shit on something, man. You know, you, you can't win it all, and you just got to ignore it. And and you did the best. You do the best. You know, it's it's when people remind you of it is 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 what bothers you. You know, mm-hmm. years when someone goes, remember that movie you did that sucked. You know, that's when. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting because we were talking beforehand and you were saying you know we when we saw you at h45 you was you know you were saying lots of people were coming up to you that weekend and actually yeah. saying how much they're, they're now beginning to really warm to halloween ends yeah yeah it, 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 i was surprised and you know rowan was right across from me and, and rowan had people were shitting on rowan and rowan's character he had a line around the corner the entire weekend Messing yeah. with James's uh, line. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It was. And, uh, but I think, uh, yeah, I think people, there's a fly in here. Damn it. Hi, everybody live. Um, uh, uh, I think people will appreciate it. Yeah. I had a ton of people coming up to me going, you know what? I watched it again and I actually get it now. I really like it. So, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to like it, but you know, it'll be the Halloween three effect, right? That's right. I'm mm. hoping that happens. That'd mm. be great. And that well, scarecrow mask will live for. <laughs> well, the old saying is people aren't happy unless they're feeling crappy. Is That's that... right. 
that's that's a good nice way of putting it. Why don't we do your your sayings? Screw my sayings. You have a ton of sayings. Well, you can't put a sav nav in a '68 Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Corey Noren says, "Chris, can't say enough about how influential you have been to me. Thank you for being about for being a badass. Uh, you, Rick, and Tom inspired me to pursue makeup and mask making." Oh, awesome, Corey. Well, that's great. I look forward to seeing some of your stuff. Let's go, man. Let's see it. Cool. <laughs> Sexual dudgeon <Thank> masks. <laughs> uh, we'll let you read this one out. It's your buddy. Who, yeah, who Col- Colin Murdy again. Some of our um some of our <laughs> some of our friends over on um, that Halloween movie collector uh, podcast, they hooked you up with a Skype call, right? With uh, with calling at the at the con. They did, yes, yes. I got to I got to virtually meet uh, uh, Colin, uh, which was a highlight of my weekend. That was awesome. Uh, I wish we could have talked longer, but uh, but uh, uh, it was busy in there and loud. I couldn't quite hear him. All I could see was him going like this, <laughs> and all I kept doing. Like, oh, it's Colin Murdy. I just kept doing that over and over, which I'm sure he's really sick of. I'm sure he's probably like, God, it's enough with this. On it. <laughs> uh, he said he would love to see you uh, uh, remake uh, the Lon Chaney Lost film London After Midnight. He absolutely loves the makeup for that. Ooh. Yeah, that's amazing makeup, Lon Chaney. Uh, uh, yeah, that would be super fun. I, I'd be down for that. Be expensive, but it'd be super cool. I could, I could crush that. Would the rights alone, do you think, be expensive? I don't know. I don't even know. Probably. I mean, unless it's public domain, it might, I, I wonder if it is. I doubt it, though. But uh, I don't know. That's a good. That's a good question. I'll look into it. And see what that's about. I know that they're doing an audio London after midnight. Um, there's some famous actors. Um, I think it's coming out this month. There's an audio, uh, London after midnight that's coming. Uh, I, I don't remember who's putting it out, but you might want to Google it, um, because it might be really cool. Cool. Uh, Barry Klein. Um, I mean, this is quite a loaded question, I guess. Uh, it says any tips for someone new to mask making? <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, learn the old school way first, learn, learn the sculpting it and clay and molding it and plaster and casting it in latex and learn, learn the old school way of mask making. And that'll teach you volumes before you start getting into silicone masks and things like that. That's a very different, um, um, dynamic. So, um, learn, learn the old school way first, look, Don Post mass and things like that and look at the Don Post book and Savini stuff and you did the Halloween mask, you know. Mm-hmm. Look at all that stuff for learn that first. Is is there something from because I, I was gonna ask this because I'm 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 doing my setup uh for Halloween now and I, I purchased the twenty five foot inflatable Myers, which is bigger <laughs> than I actually thought. Um <laughs> five feet, Frank. Yeah, it's just twenty. Well, you know, hey, size is relative to a guy, you know. So, <laughs> uh, so, is there anything that someone could use in their own house to make some kind of nice creepy effect, like anything from their fridge or, or medicine cabinet, like right off the top of your head? <laughs> oh God, I used to use all kinds of stuff like apples and apple peen. All that stuff will rot, and then you'll be in trouble. Um, you know, it's really effective that I that that 
you know, go out and get, you know, there's those things called Funkins and they're, and they're fake pumpkins that are hollow and they, mm-hmm. they're, they're not carved enough. They're just these, and those are great. Just get those. They're not that, that expensive and you just carve them and put lights inside of them and, and, and get some pieces of wood and make a big scarecrow and just nail it together and do some weird abstract art. You'd be amazed what you can do with some, some, some pieces of wood from Home Depot and, and a fake pumpkin and, and, and a light bulb. You'd be amazed what you can do. So, you know, um, as far as your kitchen or medicine cabinet, that's a whole different story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the fruit the you medicine cabinet, take some drugs, and then build your. <laughs> that's good. Don't take, don't take drugs. Don't, don't. You, could, you just imagine what you could do on Ambien. <laughs> don't go to your medicine cabinet and take pills. Jeez. Do I have to say that? <laughs> uh, Build the Screams podcast says, uh, Mr. Nelson, I believe you worked on American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. Is there a big difference in work environments going from shows to movies? There is, yeah. I did work on American Horror Story. I worked for uh, four, four seasons, uh, the first four seasons of American Horror Story. Um, and yeah, it's very different. TV shows and movies are different. Although now their TV shows are shot a lot like movies and and have the budgets that that actually TV shows have bigger budgets than movies nowadays. To be honest with you, and and the artistic uh, input in, in television shows is fantastic now. I think American Horror Story was one of the first shows to do that to start crossing over filmmaking aspects into into television. I think it was one of the first shows to do it. So, uh, uh, but they are different based on schedule and time, you know, TV shows, you shoot an episode anywhere from eight to 10 days. Uh, and that's for maybe an hour of, of television, 47 minutes of television. Uh, and the course of anywhere from two to three months, depending on the size of the film and for two hours of two hours of film, you know, so it's, it's definitely a different medium for sure. But um, they're they're getting closer these days. Cool, um, Frank. Do you want to go? Yeah, Power Packers asked. Thanks, man. Says, uh, what is the challenge in, to make the seventy eight mask and kills? Oh, that was so hard, <laughs> but fun. It was so fun. Uh, we still didn't get it right. I wish I could redo it. Um, it's in the book. It's close. It's in though. the book. It's in the book. It's in, read the book. It's in the book. <laughs> Uh, uh, it was super fun. The 78 mask and the Loomis makeup, you know, together at the same time while we're shooting on the re on, on the rebuilt 78 house on stage was one of the highlights of my career is so fantastic. You know, uh, I very because people love that 78 mask and, and it's, it's a, it's a hard one to wrangle. Although there's some really, some guys out there that are nailing it, you know, guys like the guy who runs nag mass or something, does some amazing work and things like that. Um, you know, there's a challenge. There's a reason sometimes why things don't look exactly perfect. And you're dealing with a lot of different obstacles on a movie that, that keeping it exactly the way it should be. And, and that list is too long to get into here. But uh, I, I was I was going to say because most well not most but a lot of the the um, the Im- the pictures of you on set on uh, on the Halloween films have you very close up to James 
uh, making fi- fine tuning things. What were the what were the key things with before each take that you would go up and and do? Um, well, you know, I would take the mask on and off again in between setups and things, so James could breathe and see and get direction and and rehearse and things like that. So, uh, and I would. You know, those masks are, they're kind of like a baseball glove. The more you use them, you know, the more you put it on, they kind of shift and they change. And they, yep, the mitt. Yep. They, they're, you know, uh, uh, like a mitt. And so you're always kind of adjusting for that. I would have strips of foam inside his mask that padded it in a certain way so that it, it sat a certain place so that the eyes were deep set enough that we could light it so you don't see his eyes. Or if we wanted to see them, we could see them. Um, depending where his jaw sat in the mask, would sometimes alter it or warp it. You know, Jim, when the mask is on, Jim, um, he can't tell if it's straight or if it's not straight or if it's crooked or warped or something. So it's just making sure that it's perfect every single time. It's just me being, you know, you know, retentive or fixed. And, you know, it's got to close a certain way oh. for the silhouette. It's got to... <laughs> The collar has to be popped a very specific way in order to cover the back here. You know, there's all these different th- things that go on. It's, you're not just throwing a mask on and walking around. You know, yeah. Because you have to deal with camera angles and lighting and things like that in order to get the effect that is in the film. So. And then you ask Nick, you know, what happened? He's like, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. He goes, I don't know. I put the mask on and walk from point A to point B. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what the color of the overalls is, which seems to be now a big controversy with some people still. It's it's like, no, they were dark green. You know, oh, no, they were dark blue. No, I say they're black. And it's like, God, God damn it. You know, just they're now, they're now releasing figures that have the green coveralls on now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you got to have your green coverall variant, your blue coverall yeah, variant. Camo boots, dickies, uh, <laughs> yeah. stilettos. Blood splatter, no blood splatter. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw Tom Jones Jr. Um, uh, Loomis uh, at Monster hmm. Mania uh, right after Kills came out, and the makeup was so good that I, I said, "Do you mind if I hug you?" Because this is the closest I'll ever get to Donald Pleasance, and he says, <laughs> "I'm not Donald Pleasance." <laughs> <laughs> was that it? That was the holy shit. Yeah, he goes, I'm not Donald Pleasance. Well, like, no well, you're the closest thing. This, this, this. <laughs> Maybe uh, he just hug you. He didn't want to hug you or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame him. You know, and, you know. Hugging men and everything, you know. And just the, and my wife, on the other hand, she said, Did you hug Aaron Armstrong for me? Because she's in love with Aaron Armstrong. And I'm just like, no, Yeah, Aaron's got I... his own fan. And Aaron Armstrong's got his own. He's got fan pages and stuff. People love him. Yeah, from the women, so... too. <laughs> yeah, he did a great job. He I don't have. He <laughs> won't have any. <laughs> um, PJ uh, sends in uh, $13.99 Canadian dollars and says, Hey, Chris, if they did a reboot of Halloween set back 20 years earlier than the original 1958, any thoughts on how you might reinterpret Michael's look in that period? Love your work. Oh, my. That's an odd question. Um, Depression era. Depression era math. (laughs) Depression era, yeah. I'd make it out of paper mache. That's what I would do. (laughs) Cheesecloth. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thoughts on Mary Lee and Michael's look. I don't know. 
Uh, no, I don't think I would reinterpret it in any way. I would just it, it, you, you, you don't mess with the perfect thing. The thing's perfect. Yeah. Leave it alone. Yeah, yeah. And I think masks back in the fifties, they were so brittle, right? Where they were made out of regular latex they or. Were, or they were latex, yeah. They were, they were they were still latex. They were they were made the same way that we made it. But just don't store them underneath uh, your bed with the uh, you know with you cigars. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Clancy sends in five euros, but no real message or anything. But thank you anyway, Jonathan. Yep. Uh, Anthony Stanfield, Fr- Frank, do you want to go over this one? Yeah, Anthony uh, says, Chris, did movies change for you as in watching them, bad or good, when you went to the other side of the camera or when you were on the other side of the camera? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, it took me a long time in my career to learn how to watch movies again without constantly thinking of the technical aspect of how they did this and how they did that. Even though I still do that, especially if I watch a movie, an effects heavy movie, I'm always like watching the effects. How did they do that? And, you know, who did it and, and how they pulled it off and, and, and looking at all the cosmetic stuff. But now I'm, I've learned being older how to watch it just for what it is and, and appreciate it. Now I can watch it and just appreciate it as a film first and then go back and watch the technical aspects of it. But, yeah, it was hard for a while. I couldn't watch anything without thinking about the lighting. And um, it definitely changed. Um, and it, it changes you. I wish more people like yourselves and, and things could experience being on a, a movie set for an entire shoot of a movie and then see how the end result comes out and, and how that affects you and how that affects your brain and how it affects how you watch movies, you know, and, and, and why sometimes even though they fall short, you can learn to appreciate a movie for what it is, you know, because until you know how they're really made, I don't think you really can grasp the amount of work and love and craft that goes into it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So from, you know, my job and everything, I kind of see things from a very early stage. Uh, yeah. And, you know, with one of the kind of early cuts that you see, your kind of heart can sink sometimes and you think, geez, you know, and then by the time it's all finished, the effect sucks. It can be a, a, a huge difference. And your estimates on yeah. how much a film take would take when you see that first cut to when you see the uh, uh, the finished product can wildly change in that in that period. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, our final question comes from our buddy Pat, that Halloween movie movie collector. Uh, who I believe you met with, um, he was the one that set you up with a Skype call with uh, with Colin. Um, he says, Chris, with the announcement of a Halloween TV series in the future, would you be open to coming back to the franchise for the series? Uh, if Yeah, I would be open to it. I don't know if they would ask me. I don't, I, I you know, I, 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 it would probably be a whole new set of filmmakers and, TV makers and you know they probably have their favorites and and their but if 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 it was a good take on it and 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 they had the money I would do it <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. um Halloween's been good to me I like and I love Halloween and 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 um and I would do more of it but like I said it would have to be a really good take 
<laughs> yep. Yep. And that leads into the last one right here from uh, Celloween. Uh, poor Chris. He's sick of Halloween, I bet. Which, which <laughs> it's, which I noticed, you know, from a lot of actors and, and crew members, Halloween is a blessing and a curse at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, it's been great to me. I do not uh, uh, deny the fact that it's been good to me, and 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 that I loved every second of being involved in the Halloween franchise. And and yeah, I would do more. Of course, I would. But uh, um, things change. At the same time, when you're dealing with fans, Halloween fans are very passionate. I will say that they're incre- probably the most passionate of all the horror fans of any franchise. And, uh, and with passion sometimes comes, um, some heartache, <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, and, and, uh, but, uh, but Halloween fans have been great to me, man. And I love every single one of them and, and, and it's been great, you know? So I just, you know, you, you, as an artist, you try to do things and then move on and you want to do other things and you want to try other things. And, and you know, uh, Exorcist was one step towards that. And I'm hoping to do some, I still hope that I, you know, and, and so um, if that means it's in the Halloween world, then great. And if not, then great too. You always just kind of want to grow and, and move forward, you know, so yeah, uh, we'll see. You never know. And uh, one last question from me. Can you, yeah. do you remember your last perfect day where there was no cell phone, no interruption? It was just like you with, with beer and a pizza and you were at your own devices and you just caught up on everything. Do you remember a, a day where you had it just to yourself and it was perfect? Absolutely. I do it often. <laughs> it was probably recent. I, I do. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I am a homebody. I'm not very social. I don't go out. I used to be very social. I'm not very social anymore. And in my old age, I'm going to call it my old age. I like my me time, man. And I have no problem shutting my phone off, ordering a pizza, putting on the thing or one of my favorite movies and having a beer or having a drink and just checking out it. And really, I think it's important for people to do that. It's important. For, I have to do it. It's not that I want to do it. I have to do it because it refuels me and re-energizes me. And it, it gives my brain a rest so that when I'm creative, I can, I can create, you know, free, you know, you got to relax. So um, I like to be lazy sometimes. So hell yeah, man. I remember the last time I did it. I did it last week. <laughs> and I'll do it again next week. But uh, you know, take time for yourselves out there, people. And you know, you gotta you gotta do that. It's it's important. Get off your phone for crying out loud. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Inspiration comes within. You should reflect on it. Mm. That's right. Exactly, Frank. Exactly. These are all fortune cookie things I got. <laughs> so <laughs> I was wondering where you come up with these. Holy shit, man. <laughs> well, never uh, done before. <laughs> no, I never. No. Well, I'm, I'm usually bitching about things when we do this movie, uh, <laughs> mainly about girls. But other than that, uh, uh, Chris, Don't get me started thank you very much. Shit. No, that was, was we got oh, a great. Thank you. 
we we've we've it was a privilege and an honor having you on and we appreciate everything you've done for this industry and for us because it's everything that you've done has not only inspired people to continue special effects and go into practical effects it's also kept our magic of cinema alive so thank you very much for being here with us yeah thank you this has been a real thank you very very yeah, it's it's been a real pleasure, and you know when we when we when we approached you at um, at H forty five, and you went, I know you guys, I've seen your show. <laughs> we couldn't be happier, honestly. It was it was a a, a, a real treat to know that you you knew of oh, I don't know if you'd seen it, but you knew of uh, our podcast. So that was that was amazing, and and for you actually to to come on on the show and and talk with us for what two hours now uh has has been one of the highlights of the last three years for us so thank you very much it's like me joan green throwing the jersey to the kid in the coke (laughs) (laughs) right Steelers, baby you know how much i love uh uh thank you guys for having me i i I appreciate what you do and and that's one of the reasons i don't do a lot of these things i attend things but i will do it for for people that are nice and, and and approach it in a super professional and a kind way. And that's what you guys do. And and I admire that. So thank you for having me and uh, uh, super cool to be here, man. And keep up, keep, keep it up, keep up what you're doing. And guys, they're just movies. Yeah. They're just movies. Just they're supposed to be magical. Watch magic. Just go enjoy some magic for once. Yeah. Form your opinion, but they're just movies. Yeah. Yeah. They're just movies. (laughs) All right, we'll end it here, and uh, as always, stick to the roads. And the best of luck. See you guys. Bye.